0: So, this year we have been focusing on reformation, right? And today is no different. We're on week 22 of 52. We got 30 weeks left. That's just, whew. it just seemed like time flies so fast. It, it, it didn't seem like that to anybody else. It just seemed like time just goes so fast. It goes so fast. Just so fast. on uh, Last week we looked at reformation through faithfulness. Is that right? understanding how we already know that God is faithful but how he intends for us to be faithful to him and in modern Christianity that has lost its its flavor you know and it's more so about remembering and the whole purpose of faith is to remember that God is faithful to you you know as if he's some magic rabbit's foot and if you don't remember this then you won't get no good stuff from him but ultimately, our task is not to know that God is faithful because that is an obvious thing. All right. Just obvious. All right. The task is to is try to be faithful to him. Yeah. And so we looked we looked a lot at the children of Israel and how their failed task of crossing over to defeat the giants. Now they just said we're not going to go. They sent spies into the land in, in advance to try to feel, get a feel of the promises of God and the level of difficulty it would take to receive those promises. And the spies were gone for 40 years and they gave back a, came back with a bad report. The report said pretty much their perception of the facts. The facts were there were giants in the land. The facts were there were nations on every side that were bigger than them in number as well. Um, but the thing, the report that they gave is that we can't beat them. Now, Caleb was one of the spies and he saw the exact same story. He saw the giants. He saw the multitude and on every side that they would try to make an attack. It just seemed like it was adversity and problems. And Caleb saw it and his report said, but we can take them. And I like what he said is because he said, let's go now. (laughs) You know, that that's my kind of person right there. When you know that something's about to be difficult, Come on, come on, come on! Help! Nobody want to help me. Come on, Sister George. When you know that something's about to be difficult, something you're not going to look forward to, right? You don't wait to do it. You attack it first. That's how y'all go from procrastinating to failing. That's how you do it. Your first your first problem is that you procrastinated, and that builds up. This is just this ain't this ain't in the scripture, but that will build up anxiety that will build up frustration yeah. hello somebody now so you're like, I can't believe I got to be the one that's always got to do why can't I why ain't i married so somebody can help me with this why I got to be responsible for and it just keeps building yeah. right because you know the task in front of you is difficult uncomfortable or something that you don't want to do and I like okay let's just go and take them now let's go right now right let's go I'm like yes that's how I do stuff if I know I'm not gonna like folding this mound of clothes, I just tell myself, self, we are gonna, gonna just do it now. We ain't gonna wait till Monday. We are gonna do it right here, right now. Put that basket right there. You are gonna fold all these clothes now. Because when you see them come out the dryer, you know, oh my God, who wore these clothes? I need to reduce how many clothes I wear. Why, I only need seven, seven clothes. That's all I need, seven clothes. I start pulling them out, I'm like, look at this. Oh, God. Yeah. So rather than just leaving it there, I take the basket and I put it, you know, this is just, I'm trying to help somebody out with your procrastination. I put it in a place where, where it is extremely inconvenient for it to be. I put it in a place where I can't stand this basket right here. And this will give me the motivation I need to hurry up and fold the clothes now you got two problems you don't like the clothes and you don't like where the basket is positioned uh-huh. so I tells myself you better hurry up and do this because similar to problems, anxieties, frustrations, and fears, the longer you wait, the more clothes will be added to it. Y'all don't want to help me today. You just going to keep, because life going to keep going. Hello, somebody. Clothes going to keep getting worn. Stuff going to keep getting in the basket. And your basket going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And no, please let me help some of you. It ain't just going to be the basket. Now you're so overwhelmed with the amount of clothes in the basket that you start leaving dishes in the sink. Y'all don't want to help me today. And now you're from one bowl to five bowls. And now you out of four trying to dig for a plastic spoon that's free that's free that's free that ain't even our topic today that is free that's free for you procrastinating on something just adds more problems right to the point where you could very well not even do it and that was the case with the children of Israel they just said we ain't going and God gave them one year for every day that the spies were gone now this is this is paramount because I didn't mention this on last week but in my mind I would think if you're going to discipline correct you know the children of Israel you should give them like one year per time they tested you like that would make sense to me one year for you oh you don't think you gonna get no bread a year oh you, don't, you thirsty you don't think I can't provide water a year. You know, There was 10 times the scripture said that the children of Israel tested God in this wilderness experience. All right, you may not see it fall, fall out full out in the book of Exodus, but if you look at Deuteronomy and bring that over, then you'll see the timeline of their testings of God. And so that should, that would have been about 10 years, you know. And you know, that's that's what I was thinking, you know, but he said 40 40 years and enough time for everybody that saw the miracles and tasted of the miracles and experienced God in such a powerful way every last one of them that didn't want to go enough time for them to die it was 40 years because that's how long the spies were spying out the land so what this tells us is you didn't give them testing based off of how uh, trials based off of how many times they tested you you gave them consequences based off of how much time they had to get it right now we understand you messed up oh we understand you complained here oh we understand you didn't get that right but now you've got 40 days 40 days with the spies going everybody is thinking what they gonna see what they gonna do what's it gonna be like despise themselves in the land now we can't tell them this look how big they are what we gonna say what we gonna tell them back we don't know let's go to the next place oh man more more everybody has the propensity to deal with how they're going to decide what to do with themselves in 40 days this becomes problematic for Christians because when God gives you the time that you really need to slow down and prepare your heart to make the proper choice you get overwhelmed with the frustration. You get emotional about the clothes being in the basket. Y'all don't want to help me today. You get so overwhelmed that you have to do it, that you have to go through it, that all your life you had to fight. And this was a very specific time for you to get your mind right about the type of choice you have to make. But instead, you decided to spend this time when a decision did not have to be made as of yet, complaining about the difficulty that you got to make the decision in the first place. So when you say, oh, God be getting people because of mistakes, no, God get people because after mistakes, they had time to decide and they still did not deal with their hearts. That's good. That's good. That was the issue, 40 years. That was, you had 40 days to really contemplate what you gonna do, regardless of what they say, we're gonna go fight. See, that, that could have been, even if the spies came back, the people of Israel could have been like, look, we was thinking about it. We hear what you're telling us, it's a lot of giants. We're gonna take them anyway. See, that could have happened. This means no one was using this time but Caleb and Joshua and Moses to get their hearts right. To go back over all the blessings of God and remember the blessing after blessing after blessing. No, everybody was just remembering how hard it was, how difficult it's been, and how much better it was than the trauma of my past over and over. And, over. And, oh, y'all don't want to help me. And now when you come to church, you think it's my responsibility to help you with all your trauma. Now, hear me out it is but see I help trauma like Christ we talk about it we pray over it and we move on that's it that that's the whole shebang well I'm known if I'm ready well you gonna take this first step and we're gonna see oh you made that step good take five more you made five good on the tenth one you fail let's talk about it ain't nothing new well is it something else ain't nothing else same method, You took the last method got you to take 10, do it, do it again, take 10 more. Well, maybe we should reevaluate because now I'm starting to think maybe I really had dad issues or mom issues. Or When I think about it, it was really. As we said on last week, it's best that when we look back at our past as believers, we look back and see the hand of God, not the torment and pain we went through. Because that's what you need in order to take the next giant. So now all of Christianity in, 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 in an attempt to heal mental problems, depressions and suicides and bipolarism and schizophrenia, and we all know they exist, but all the Christian churches saying, deal with your trauma, deal with your trauma, rather than look at the hand of God and how you made it through. Look at how the hand of God and how you made it through. So now everybody's so worried about a trigger. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's good, right we just got a bunch of Christians that's scary as all get out but they might reject me. They might hurt me. What if it doesn't work? What if I try with God and it don't go to what if I get it wrong? What if I fail? I mean, people minister Monifa, that are actually called to ministry, but can't move forward because they are afraid that they might mess it up. You were called by God himself. And yet you still are afraid. Y'all don't want to help. See see how it sounds stupid? sounds stupid like the children of Israel called by God to go over there and cause and still are afraid. Seems absolutely ludicrous. So when you come to me and say, Pastor, I know that I'm called, but I'm just so afraid that I might fall or make some mistakes or hurt God's people because back in the day, somebody hurt me in a bad church, did this, and, da, 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 and I'll just be looking at you like, you punk. Huh? Punk? Punk say what? Punk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel no sympathy that you've identified your triggers of past church hurts I don't know anybody who go through church for a long periodically time and don't get hurt it doesn't exist and you will never be the perfect leader you're gonna do some despicable things at least in other people's minds You're going to think you did bang up. They'd be like, that, that, I can't believe that. He is a heathen. He is an, He don't even have a passion to God. You know how many complaints I get on a consistent basis when I'm just trying to do the right thing, just trying to just give, well, Pastor, you know, respectfully speaking, respectfully speaking. This about to be disrespectful. At the end of the day, you got to recognize I cannot be perfect in your eyes. My only responsibility is walk this path the best way I know with Christ and pray that y'all make it to heaven as we go. That's just, let's go. If you, you don't think I'm leading you well, go find somebody else to lead you better. Everybody else is with me, let's go. And I, that's how I leave it. That's just, people like, yeah, that's how she left it. Because I, I told her I'm going to go somewhere else. She said go. And, and I thought she was going to give me some pushback. She, she did not. This ain't no cult. You here voluntarily. And I encourage you to examine other churches, except for Angelina, you, you're already here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> examine the other churches make sure, you know, pass out, you know, this is the point. But at the end of your testing period, at the end of this decision making that you get to spy out the land, you better have the right answer I'm okay, I'm good, okay. since you decided to spy out the land and all. You decided to get, got your degrees and all right, got, you started to get so smart, you know, I need to evaluate this, you know, a little bit. Oh, since you got to evaluate, then you better come up with the right answer. All right, I don't know why we're over there. I need to stay focused. Come on, that's not, let's look at today's, let's look at today's lesson. Reformation, today, well that was last week, was Reformation through Fellowship. Today we're looking at Reformation, I mean through, what was it, faithfulness? This week we're looking at reformation through fellowship. Amen. Reformation through fellowship. Reformation through fellowship. The men had an outing on 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 yesterday. Was it yesterday? And I heard they had a great time. I heard they had. They always have a good time. You know, they have a great time. And Mr. Hudson is the 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 chiefest of all men in that group and and they together they just they just have a wonderful time i can't think of anybody else but my dad to be an excellent example to men and how to live uprightly for christ all right so they get together they talk they have a good time they eating and talking i assume that's what was going down they don't you know i don't really show i don't go to these things but i just read the comments like they ate they talked <laughs> all right Every once in a while, on every Sunday after church, those who don't have families to go to and have not cooked Sunday dinner, the entire church goes to some restaurant and we have brunch together, all right? Fellowship, all right? What else do we do? We do anything else? We do stuff. The tribes fellowship together. We have game nights, movie nights. Every once in a while, we just like to do stuff just to be around each other. Now, some people have a problem with this because they say, I'm around you all the time to which the the symbolic mother of this house feels like you've been around all your life you've been around us what's wrong with you now are you too good to be around us all the time oh you got you got grown, huh now that you're well and spiritually solid you can't be around us all the time but when you were sick when you was injured it was, when is the church going to be open? How come people ain't serving God like they used to? Oh. Now you got a handle on it, you know. You got a handle on it. You can notice everybody else's problems. They ain't going to do nothing but over there do blah, 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 blah. And then you have the unmitigated gall, not everyone, but some of you have the unmitigated gall to choose to rather fellowship with your secular friends. Now, I ain't say win them, going with a, with a plan <laughs> to win them. No, you just want to go and do what they do and be with them over your church, your actual Christian brothers and sisters. I don't even care if they even got to be at our church. Another brother and sister in the body of Christ. This, or you just, you were something else my corporate job before I you know, got fired. Um, <laughs> don't worry about that. All right, don't worry about that. Um, I traveled to beautiful locations and I was a conference uh, coordinator and planner, so I was schmoozed with the best restaurants, helicopter rides, anything that, the, my budget was $2 million. So you go to a resort, they be like, we are gonna show you the best that we have. And I would go to these places and I would thinking, this is so nice. And the only thing I wanted was for my family and friends to experience it because I was by myself. Now that's all I do. Every year we take a church vacation and I try to get as many of my family and friends to go and to see the things that I saw and to experience it because it ain't no fun by yourself. Somehow God has created us to enjoy things better when we can relate them one to another. This is gonna stick some of y'all in secluded hermits, right in your, right in your gut. And I hope it gets you, okay? Because a lot of the problems that you're dealing with is seclusion. It's because you. How do you know reality? Huh? Is it comparison? Oh, and it's not Bible study. Let me act like. Me be, get back to church Sunday. Let me let me answer it for you, okay? I forgot this is not Bible study. Y'all was looking so intently. I thought it was Bible study. Reality is only reality to you if other people can verify what you have perceived. Oh, that's good. What is real cannot just be in you by itself. It has to have another observer. This is why schizophrenia is so challenging because to them, everybody should see how plain that this plot is that they're coming to get me and we be like, we don't see it. But you should see how they're planning. And they'd be like, I don't. Well, you see, the other day, he looked at me, he said, Good morning. And I knew right then. And we hear, he said, Good morning. What? It means he got a plot against me. Whoa, how? How? Right? But in their mind, right? So reality is confirmed by other people participating in the same truth as you. I know. This is just basic philosophy, okay? It's basic. If you're the only, only one that saw it, you're going to question whether it is real, as you should, right? Did y'all see that bird? No, I ain't seen no bird. Mm-mm. Ain't nobody see that bird? Ain't nobody see that bird? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, did y'all even feel like, hear it? No, I, ain't even, I don't even know what you're talking about. As a kid, I used to smell a barbecue, and sometimes as an adult, anytime right before I threw up. Okay. Now I love barbecue, but I'll always smell barbecue. So I'll be walking around and la la. la. Oh, <laughs> anybody smell barbecue? Nope. Oh, I'm about to throw up <laughs> and I'll run immediately just because I knew nobody else smelt it. And I knew this was my thing. I'm about to go to the bathroom. Reality is only real, truly in you when other people can participate in the same truth. He made us in such a way that we are social beings. Social. We, we, we get together. And just because you pick bad socialization partners does not mean that you're not designed to socialize. And life is so much more enjoyable with people in it. At least good people, because if I put you in a prison cell by yourself, you say it was torment. But then you go to be by yourself For long, periodically times, right? And can't understand why you're dealing with depression or demons is messing with you. Because somebody need to be like, hey, friend. Nah, it's good. Don't even worry about that. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And y'all just move on happily together. Just happily versus, no, nobody else sees it. Nobody else knows it. Nobody? Even God didn't let nobody notice. It was always a remnant. Somebody, so you won't lose your mind okay let me let me I'm gonna move away from this point all right all right but you get the idea yeah. the concept of fellowship is in inundated, inundated it's really coded in our entire makeup as human beings and when you make it optional you're removing some of the joys that come with it all right you remove some remove some of the healing some of the establishment of who you are you know we know you by how you look am I right your face we can say that is Lolo. That is Danny by face. You don't see your own face. You don't walk around saying, I know what my face look like. Yeah. And scientists have even proven that when you do see your face, the version of your face that you see is not the same version that everybody else sees. Yeah, so now your face is just for us. The biggest part of your identity is not even for you. Wow. It is for others. That's how, if not, then you will have your eyes where they kind of hung out like this, and you can always look at yourself. You're like one of them monsters on on the cartoon Pixar could do, your eye be out, like what I look, okay, all right. It don't do that, it stay right here, and you cannot see yourself. Yourself is for somebody else. (laughs) I'm just trying to build some basic understanding of fellowship, right? I want to look at a verse today that talks about fellowship and it incorporates two types of fellowship that are paramount for mankind fellowship with one another and fellowship with God if any one of them two is out of whack that human being is out of whack that's just the way it works anyone you don't fellowship with God not good you don't have fellowship with other people not good yeah, now I, I don't mean go out clubbing and drinking. I mean, we go, let's talk about what I mean. Okay, okay. Go to First John. First John is the First John and the Second John, which are different than Saint John. So if you're going from the back of the Bible forward, skip by the first one that say John and go to the one that got a one in front of it that say Never mind. Y'all don't even have Bibles no more. Y'all just do it on your app. I don't even know why I'm going through all of this. Hmm. Look at y'all. First John chapter one. Reformation through fellowship. How are we reformed and changed by fellowship? Fellowship is a very serious thing in the body of Christ. I know for you it's optional. I know for you it's like, you know, take it or leave it if I got a friend. If not, oh well, you know. To the body of Christ, fellowship is a necessity. It's a serious business. It's not to be played with, Right? right? Let's look, let's look at that. Verse 1, we're going to skip through a lot of this uh, chapter, so let's start at verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest. We have seen it. To encourage believers to say and non-believers that I, I want you to know that the word of life, we saw it. Him. We touched him. We ate with him. Like the thing that the story and the reports that you've been hearing, we we lived it. We saw him. We ate with Jesus. And I love the phrase that he says, He's the word of life. both in a mystic sense and in in a practical sense. The word of life is, you know, we say the word is God the word was with God. That's the scripture, right? And the word became flesh, which is Jesus Christ, that he is the word of God made flesh. And that means in everything that God created, he created with a word, right? So then Christ is the sum total of everything about creation and God's will and intent and this sum total took on flesh, and walked amongst us. Mystically, we can say that he is the epitome, as scriptures say, of everything that was made was made through him, because he was the word, was made by him, because he was the word, uh, and, was, and uh, for him, and was upheld, and is being upheld by him, because he's the word of God, because God spoke everything into existence, right? So at a, at a very mystic level, we could see that, but let's try to look at this from a practical level if you had to define life in one word that's what they experienced at a very practical level right without the mystic understanding of creation without the mystic understanding of Christ being the Word of God made that put on flesh set that aside at a very practical level if you had to to define life in anything it was defined by one word and his name was Jesus Christ. The life of a tree, if I had to define it, Jesus. The life of a cat, Jesus, dog, Jesus, a bug, a an ant, your life. If we had to define somebody said, well, what exactly is life? They would say Jesus. They would say Jesus. Now, this in of itself is some hardcore theology because this is telling us that life is not just oxygen breathed in and expelled and growth of cells and then the diminishing of cells and the renewal of cells and atoms and energies flowing but life is also something that is very intangible that is to do the will of god right so this word of life says now true life if we had to put it in one word is that everything that has this kind of tangible existence also fulfills the will of god in in one word, a tree, a rock. You gotta do exactly what the creator had in mind when he spoke you. And that encompasses all of life and makes sense. Because if I told something to do something and it did not do what I told it to do and it was all my creation, I wouldn't want that something either. And since you and I can only live In his existence, where you gonna go if you can't be in him? Could you exist apart from his will? Certainly not. This is how foolish atheism is, because everybody can say it's got to be something, because this is very strategic. And how do you who don't even know how you got here? didn't even control your own process of being here no you did not you did not you did not control that at all two other people did besides you yeah. then you gonna actually know how to handle you when this is done that doesn't make any sense where are you gonna go how would you exist well maybe we just all cease to exist but well, that doesn't make any sense because your morality in general morality is given and it has nothing to do with your physical nature yeah. you have emotions and thoughts that are beyond biochemistry what happens to that number one where did it come from there are certain thoughts and feelings that cannot be explained by hormones cannot be explained physiologically because physiologically you should not be risking your life because physiologically you should be doing everything to preserve your life but yet we see that you risk your life to save a child risk your life to go into a fire building risk you, you put it all in where did that idea come from Because if it's just about staying alive, then survival of fittest, then you wouldn't be doing it. Is that Hello? So at a very basic level, the word of life is Christ. And if we had to really imagine how to live, he said that was made manifest. That what God had in mind in all creation was put in a real tangible form here for us. Right? For us to see it. And John says, and we, we ate with him. We talked with him. We walked, we heard his, we saw the miracles. And at this point, this, we saw him crucified. We saw him buried. Our hearts broke as what it would appear to be our last hope hung upon a tree. Yeah. And our dreams dashed as we thought he was the one to save not just Israel, but all of mankind. He didn't save himself. He was humiliated, embarrassed. Then they buried his body, leaving us all traumatized, lost. But then he says, and we also bore witness to him getting up. He rose from the dead. Everybody attests to it. Hundreds and hundreds of people saw the risen Christ. Not just the people in the Bible, there's other historical evidence of people that weren't even Jews saying, I did see him, I saw him. No, this is what he looked like. Having never met him, they described him to a T. And, and it was just, a, Josephus, everybody writes about this, is just a historical fact that he did raise, and a lot of people, hundreds and hundreds of people saw him raised from the dead. So now this is, this is the word of life that you, you die here, you can die here, but then you can get up. So life is like, life is, you can't, you can't really yeah. destroy life. Right, you can't destroy life. It can get up, or it just keeps living down there. But at any point, what God created keeps going. And if you're a created entity by God, you're gonna keep going somewhere, right? Am I boring you to, no? Okay, I'm just making sure, because you know, I get off into the science stuff and then I need to bring it back. Um, okay. <laughs> He says this life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it, proclaim it to you, the eternal life, which was with the Father God and was made manifest to us. We notice, we know that when he got up, he, he was eternal. He he got up, he raised from the dead, then he stayed with us for 10 days. Right? And then he ascended to heaven. Powerful. And we saw him lift up and ascend now had we not seen all these other miracles we might be inclined that we had lost our mind and had it not been others also present i might have thought i lost my mind but since also john was here and peter was there we did y'all did y'all, did y'all did y'all did you are we what did we yeah yeah yeah, yeah we, we saw we saw the same it's all the same thing huh anytime god does something amazing you can't help but to stand there and go huh when god does a miracle in my life i gotta tell somebody and i gotta ask them i did this last night i said did y'all did you see this they was like pastor that is a miracle i'm like i know right i need somebody else to agree this is miraculous it is oh my god and we both sitting there really all sitting like, oh my god that is she oh my god we heard of mother bell's testimony on last wednesday the person that gave her the note all i could think to myself is that has got to be god because i can't imagine another person on the face of this earth that needed that type of encouragement directly from god but her And it came, and all I could do, I I couldn't help but, you better do it, Jesus. You better, you better encourage my auntie. You better lift up, Mother Bell. Look at you just doing the thing. (laughs) The words were spot on of his letter. The timing was spot on. And you just go. You're amazing, right? Absolutely amazing. He says, we saw this, we testify it, we're trying to proclaim it to you that we've seen and we heard it. He said, we want to proclaim it to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. He said, I'm trying to explain it to you that this is not just a myth. I mean, there are other religions that have great stories of their God, but they always put it at a time period where nobody could attest to it. Like, where are the witnesses of this? The Bible is not mythology, it is a historical document which is different than a lot of other religions that cause creation to be a mythology rather than a direct account of someone who experienced and encountered this God and other people could say, see, see, it'd be different if you go across the Lord said, he's God almighty. And he said, you need to cross and fight the giants. It'd be different. And they said, we ain't going and they all died. Well, I guess your God ain't real. No, 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 no. These people also bore witness to a fire. Of cla- people the, the, the Egyptian army, went out to chase them and none of them went back. So this is not just Israel saying our God delivered us from Pharaoh is everybody knows, Oh, you, the people who Pharaoh's army came after and none of Pharaoh's army made it back. Oh, you, them folk. This was a testament that was beyond them written on hieroglyphs, highlights and other face seen. There was, well, they ain't gonna really say everybody died cause that makes them look bad, but there was an army. <laughs> <laughs> they went to the spirit realms. <laughs> <laughs> All of are going, no, we know where they went. <laughs> Drown in that Red Sea is what they did. They d- <sighs> <sighs> No, I, I subscribe to a magazine called Bible Archaeology, and every once in a while they'll do a story about how there's, you know, artifacts that they find, you know, in the Red Sea here and there. And I'm like, what y'all expect to see? Nevertheless, let's move on. He's trying to tell them all these things that they've experienced and saw. He said, because I want y'all to have fellowship with us. In essence, we're not having that much fun if you two don't see what we saw, feel what we feel, and experience what we experienced. Like a real friend, when you see, you can tell like that's somebody I call, I'm like, oh, I called my I called one cousin. I said, Cousin, I'm gonna tell you the story that God had did is a miracle. Our teachers did it to me last night, and I did to tell you. She said, Oh my God. Oh my God, cuz that is amazing. That is a miracle. I said, I know, right? I know, right? It's a miracle, it's a miracle, cuz the Lord love you. I said, He loves me, don't he? I know. <laughs> then I called my other Christian friend, and I was like, Let me tell you what God did. Oh, so wow. Well you know because that's how it be sometimes you know sometimes you know the people of God they just take what that 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 wasn't what we were supposed to be Yay! look at what God did that's amazing. oh my goodness, that was supposed to and we just could not. So you look for the friend that you know when you tell them this story, they're gonna feel what you feel. You understand? They going to know the good of that you feel. They going to know the hurt. That. Ooh, ooh. And they said that you said what? Ooh, I knew you was mad. Ooh. And you can just tell everything about them. that a part of them is feeling what you felt. Yeah. Just just a part of them is feeling just a part of what you felt. These are the people that you like to fellowship with. People that when you tell them something, they can feel a little bit of what you feel. And the closer the friendship, the more they feel a lot of bit of it. They feel so much of it. You got to tell them, calm down, friend. We ain't going. No, let me find them. Let me find out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Friend, I appreciate it. Let's calm that down, you know. But he's saying, I want you all to know this story of Jesus and, and what he did, and, and, and this is not a myth and how we were there. And if I could just open your brain, I could show you it's a real thing. It really happened so that we could have fellowship together, so that you just don't just believe it. Up here with head knowledge like a reporting newspaper article but you feel it in here yeah. so we need that kind of fellowship let's um let's look at let's look at the word fellowship for just a second now in this particular text when we say fellowship it's not merely just getting to know one another or hanging out okay fellowship in this text is putting on the line that to have fellowship it means that we have to have something in common with others to partake of it and to share it with them so imagine having a piece of bread and we break bread means that i take my bread and it's mine and i eat a piece and then you eat a piece versus I eat a piece. And they go, now you ain't got no bread because your mommy ain't packed your lunch because you want food stamps. And now, you, you know, see, that's, that's, not, that's not right. That's not nice. That's not true fellowship, right? Fellowship says that I have the bread. I take a the bread. Then you were fellowshipping if I can get you to eat of the same bread. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Some, some scriptures call it communion, right? Yeah. That I'm not just describing to you a thing. What's that bread? Is it good? It's good. You know, I, you know, we like to go out to eat, and I like to share food. When somebody says it's good, they be like, pastor, taste this. I'd be like, I don't know. And my mom couldn't stand that. She'd be like, I don't know where she got eaten off of other people's plate from, because we do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you're right, mama. I don't know where I got that old fellowship. Because if somebody else says, oh, this is so good, I'd be like, is it? They'd be like, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's sweet. It's kind of savory. It's, and the more they describe it, I'd be like, hmm, let me. Let me get some of that. I mean, I, why, and if they tell me no, you know how mad I would be? You know I mean? You're going to tell me how good it is. You're going to describe how it melted in your mouth, how it's all savory and sweet, and I say, let me get a piece, and you're going to say no or I ate it all? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Glenda is a foodie. We've, all, we've grown up together for years. We like eating food. My dad is a chef. We are big on... Try this. Try this. We're so big on it that she lies to me to tell me something good. Yeah. It's so good, to Give it a try. And I can just. I got a reader. It ain't that good. You lying? I ain't. Re- I ain't eating that. I ain't. It is good. It's good. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. you lying? I don't want. I don't. I don't want to partake. Well, we love trading, eating food that's good, right? Cause a part of us wants to experience what that person's experiencing. Let me tell you what Glenda did to me the other day. She is children's church. So she don't really know what they were talking about it. But I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tell, you what she said. We went to Italy. We, we all were leaving the store and we got these lemon wafers. I was on a lemon wafer kick. Okay. I love sugar wafers. They had lemon, you know, Italy's known for their lemons. We got some lemon wafers. We carried them on the plane. We was going to wait till we got home. We're going, we're going to eat these lemon wafers a little taste of Italy when we got back home, right? Glenda says to me, Pastor, I forgot to get them lemon wafers. I said, okay, we'll bring them back when next time you come. She said, okay. And then, and then she come back and she said, oh, Pastor, them lemon wafers, they were so good. I was like, what? She said, I, 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 you ate them already? I ate them all. You ate them all? We were supposed to share them together we were supposed and it's something about eating it together where you both go mm, mm. that's good right ain't that good and you both is like mm. yeah, yeah. like sometimes i just want to cook i want all always eat it together. y'all ready One, two. Oh no and we everybody mm, experiencing it and excited about it all at the same time versus i give you a to go bag you eat it already ate it. like yeah that was good but we didn't really experience it together we both have a common testimony or witness but we're not experiencing that Together, me giving you food to go versus you eating it in my presence it's still uniquely different. You're gonna go on your own, you're gonna eat up mm, at home watching TV. Yeah, that was good. Call me up, that was so good. But it ain't the same as we both going, mm, it's the savory, it's the salty for me, it's the sweet, it's the cru-. Everybody just talking about what it is. We just, di- oh, hello, y'all getting hungry. I heard, I heard y'all ain't had breakfast this morning. <laughs> so now you, you're ultra hungry, right? We, so, now, so now we all experience it together. Glinda tells me, Pastor, I ate them all. The wafers from Italy? We can't go to the store and get them up. We only had one pack. And she ate, she said, I just couldn't even stop. I just kept eating them. They were so good. You couldn't even stop to save me one, so at least I can have it after the fact. She said, "Pastor, I'm so sorry." She said, "But let me tell you how good it was." I said, "Uh uh." I said, "Don't I don't want to hear nothing." She said, "Let me just tell you it was." not. I don't want to hear it, Glenda. Let me tell you, Pastor. I know. And then then after I dropped the comment, she came back and said, "But for real, Pastor. Let me tell you how good. For real, let me tell you how good." You the Satan. Nobody does that. She's like, I'm going to order you some. She ordered me something. They weren't that good. Probably because they weren't fresh from Italy. But nobody likes when you describe something that is good. And there's none left to give you. So John is trying to say, I want you to hear the story of Jesus. I want you to hear our real experiences. And I want you to eat it. Like, take it in like we took it in. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes the difference between when you are not good at reading the Bible and everybody's not good at reading the Bible initially. And when you come to church to read, and, and I read the Bible to you, you're like, when Pastor read it, I understand it just, it clicked when she read it. You know, the, the only difference, <laughs> the only difference is now you get to partake with me. You know, I might inflect on a point. That you might have not have inflected on in your head. You might be reading systematically, and I am slowing it down for you. And then he said, you'd like, "Oh, then he said, oh, okay." See, now, 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 we're partaking together, and something about that, you almost feel like you're there. When you get better at reading the Bible, you can do that on your own. You know, you start reading it, you like, "I'm there. I was, in, I was there." And it, the images that come in your mind, you can feel it, you can see it. I was listening to a book about the crucifixion of Christ the other day, and my heart rate skyrocketed. My chest was pounding. I broke out in a cold sweat. Now, I've heard how Jesus was crucified 50 million times. But it was talking about the drama of it and, and, the, and, and, the, and, and how he was just he was betrayed. It was the emotion of his betrayal that they were discussing by Judas. And my heart boop, 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 boop. Boo. And I was like, oh, oh. I was like, what is wrong with me? I need to turn this book off. I turn the book off, pull off to the side. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, I feel a portion of what you felt. That is fellowship. That's what God is trying to get you to say and to see is real religion. That's good, right? that, that is real religion. Is the type of fellowship where when you hear, you, you partake with them. And John's trying to say, I want y'all to... Eat this with me, like, look, he did this. Am I getting that across to you? Okay. So he says, when it comes to fellowship, is, he says that he wants, the apostle wish that they might share with him all the peace and happiness which resulted from the fact that the Son of God had appeared in human form on behalf of men. Like, I want you to see it. God himself became human now my therapist gave me an example the other day you know with mommy's passing and um, the summer months are just hard so as it gets warmer I'm like oh and um, plus running a church so I go to therapy quite often now and he was saying every time you talk about the church this is what I see and he gives me this example this story okay and he says, when I was in seminary, because my therapist is a pastor as well. He said, when I was in seminary, I saw this carving at the altar of this old church. And there was some bird that was like pulling her skin, her flesh, and feeding it to the baby birds. He said, every time I would go to the altar, this was the carving that was up there. He was like, ugh. And so then, then he went to the pastor of the church. He said, I just have to ask, of all the things you could have at the altar space, Why, Why this? You know, a cross, a couple of angels, you know, (laughs) you know, a couple of cherubs, something little sunrise, anything but that, you know. The pastor said to him, he said, well, this particular bird, when there's a time of famine, the mother pulls up her own flesh and feeds it to the birds. And it is a is a symbol of Christianity and Christ. So I looked it up. That bird is a pelican. It is a real thing. And she pokes her breast to cause blood and she gives that to the birds. Wow. They could live in times of famine. It's a Christian symbol all over the world, except for here, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, yeah, it's everywhere, I'm like, yeah, I never, I never. But it's, I looked it up. It's in other churches and sculptures. It's a Christian symbol like the dove. Just, just, just I know, who would have thought? It's the pelican. So the therapist said, "When I hear you talk about the church, that's what I think." And I was like, "Ugh, that's not good. <laughs> Am I going crazy, doc? Nah." And I was like, "Okay, just more like Christ." This image of this bird in times of famine, pulling from her own flesh to feed these baby birds, is indicative of Christ, and it made so much says I've been talking about Jesus. He's the bread. We eat that bread. And you know when Jesus first told the disciples you're not going to go unless you eat my body and you know they was like oh he's a cannibal. I knew this was some cultic stuff and many of them stopped following him. what the Bible said they was like oh see I knew it was going to turn crazy at some point. There's the crazy. There's the crazy. There is the poison in the Kool-Aid. Y'all get ready. And a lot of people stopped following him because they didn't understand what he meant. And so on the Passover, which was 50 days before today, right? On the Passover supper, he's trying to explain to them, take this body, this bread, this is my body, which was broken for you. Like this is a piece of God. When man was in a dry and barren place and had nothing else to sustain living, what life is, God himself took of himself that you could eat, and live now you living as he is dying on this cross giving of himself and then when I look at that pecking mechanism and how you feeding it and and one one of the stories says that at one point um, a bird she did it and you know her, right before her babies was about to die and they revived and then she died you know and it's just it's just a common story and it makes me think of, of the communion, not just in the pulling of her flesh, or the poking in, in, of her breast to get the blood to come out, but it makes me think when, of eating the same bread together. Like, I need my life and my experiences to be in you. I need, Christ says, I need my life and experiences to be in you this is beyond just telling you a story i want you to eat partake of this story of who i am eat it put eat eat put put this in your mouth you taste that that's life that's me that's being obedient to the father unto death that's that's serving God and serving people that's being a help and a joy that's being light and love eat that partake now this makes more sense when Paul says that I might joy in the fellowship of his suffering you want us to eat the bread now when you see somebody take their body and give it to you for sustenance you're grateful, but you also know that you have in you a part of that being on a consistent basis. And the only reason you're able to live and move and have your being is because that life you took in as sustenance to keep you living and not dying like the rest of the birds in this famine land. See, now it makes sense when Jesus said, you have to eat my body you want us to experience you yes not just witness i don't want you just to witness me to other people because there's a lot of believers that don't mind telling people about jesus but they have not had true fellowship with god and that is obvious because of the next couple of verses we're about to look at <laughs> so it is it is possible right that we could absolutely know God, talk to other people about God, come to church sometimes, and still not have fellowship with God. It's very possible, right? The easiest way since we don't know your personal prayer life is to see how well you fellowship with the people of God. Tough because if we all experience Christ, and we all partook of his body right and we've got this in us this 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 way of life then naturally everyone that has done that will have the same experience yeah. we we could fellowship Cause you know man so that was rough last week. it was so rough but ain't God good yes he is oh I didn't know what I was gonna but look at God I know but now we're it's easy for us to flow versus now you have a problem not you are you somebody now you have a problem you're because <laughs> you might actually really have a problem at some point I don't want you to think I'm gonna really talk about you okay now you have a problem right and you and <laughs> and I come to you and I'm like oh man these problems man the trials tribulations mama G ain't those terrible they're just so horrible and you go they sure is they all terrible some days I can't even get out the bed but but you know, ultimately God is great. He is amazing. I mean, yeah, 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 of course. But you could tell that they really ain't. They really ain't. They're not in there. They focusing on the problem. You focusing on how God, you can just feel in your spirit. They looking at something completely different about the same prophetic experience that you just had. You looking at? Oh, that's a shame that she had to feed them birds her flesh. That don't make no sense. Those doggone greedy birds. And the rest of us looking at? Look at that! That is amazing. That is beautiful. What? What sign of love and growth? And oh my God, that's beautiful. And we not in fellowship. What if? What if the scripture he's trying to tell you is that you might have fellowship with us? That we can tell when you're not in real religion. A lot of people do the acts of church the acts of it, the singing of the songs, the going to church, the bowing your head in prayer. They're just trying to do the right thing. And it's really easy for us to take on religion as some tool to validate that we know God, but that does not mean it's true because when you are truly in fellowship with God, there is a level of peace in adversity. There's a level of certainty in trials and tribulations. There's a level of God is going to help me get through this, that no other person can really understand how clear it is. And it's not sometimes. All the time, it's habitually there. So what gets off is that you are in fellowship with us sometimes, and we sometimes not, which means your religion isn't true. I'm breaking down some more. I know he's like, "I hey, my religion ain't true." There was something in common with them and God, something of which he was uh, Peter was trying to John, excuse me, was trying something. He's trying to say, "Me and God partook." of something together. I shared something with Jesus himself. And I want you to share the same thing. I experienced something miraculous with God. And I want you to experience the same thing, not just knowing of the story by reason, but truly eating it by example. Is hu- I mean, just really taking that in. He says it means that he partook in some respects of the feelings, the views, the aims, the joys which God has. There was a union in feeling and affection and desire and plan, and this was to him a source of joy. He partook of everything that made Jesus happy, of everything, every reason why Jesus wanted to serve every reason why Jesus fasted every reason why he persisted when he was being when he had obstacles he partook of that then he says he he partook of, of the feeling of affection he had for others and the feelings of joy and the desire he even partook of the plan that the father had for him I can partake of the plan do you know how peaceful it is when you recognize that you have the same plan of mind as God The fault of the children of Israel when they didn't cross over is they did not partake of the bread, the manna from heaven, even though they partook. So they did not have the same plan running in them. Like I know this is just what God wants us to do. Let's go. You're so crazy. That's foolish. You could this is, you could die like that. Oh, well, and it's just right here right here there's a level of peace and fellowship that comes with that that religious people without that's not real religion do not have it's a joy in knowing that I'm walking the exact plan that the father is walking Like we walk in this plan you get a flat tire you can you can see how this is a part of that plan right you had to move you can see how this is a part of the plan your job fired you unbeknownst to you you can see how that's part of the plan you can recognize we doing something me and you we doing something And when they throw you in prison or they persecute you or everything starts to fall apart and it's all so terrible you can still go we working on something we're doing something can't y'all feel that and you come to church your life is a wreck just in shambles and you be looking at, it, but can't y'all feel with the expectation? Can't you feel with, with expectancy, what God is doing, how he's moving and everybody's like, I mean, I just feel like regular life. Like it's just regular life. you like, but you can't feel that he's doing something. You can't see that, that he's moving in your insides. You can't feel that he is trying to shake up some stuff that he is going to open your eyes to his plan. You can't feel that. Yes. I like it crazy. He said, we, we ain't really fellowshipping. You haven't really partook. You just know the story. You know the story and you know the actions. But when I tell you, ain't he good? You gotta think of, like how do I feel about him right now? Like, like right now, I mean, Right now, I'm faced with this problem, this dilemma. So, I mean, overall, he's good, but see all that you're doing? Yeah, that ain't real religion. Because if I'm down and out, hello, and Lakeisha and them start singing, and daddy start dancing, and I was just, I was just at my lows and my lows, and then I hear poop, 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 poop. I'm like, oh my, he is good! He's so good! And I feel it at a time where religious folk that is fake religion won't feel it. I'm in a prison cell singing hymns and worshiping God. Come on, you come on somebody. I'm in the, on the side of the road singing hymns and worshiping God. How y'all don't want the lights is cut off and I'm singing hymns and worshiping God and, and I, I don't y'all don't feel that. You can't feel that somehow this is the part of his plan. Somehow it's a part of his plan. And I'm so glad about it. I'm so glad about it. I'm so glad about it. People that's in that fake religion, they're not gonna get this. They don't have that. And this is a plea that you stop trying to cover it up and you use this to actually eat because you've been covering it up for a very long time. Nobody would be the wiser, but the turmoil in your soul, the instability in your heart and my, y'all don't want to help me. The being tossed to and fro that is happening to you. The changes are flipping and flopping back and forth. The ups and downs of depressions and very highs and very lows and all of this up and down you doing and flipping and flopping you doing and wanting to die and wanting to live. They want to go and they want to stop. They want to peace, keep pressing on. They wanting to quit. They wanting to talk. They wanting to be alone. They want to eat. They don't want to eat. They want to work out. They don't want to work out. They want to spend some money but want to say all of this. All of this that you've got going on in your insides is making it very clear that your religion is fake Jesus. and it was not given to you by God. Jesus. Remember we talked about perseverance and how it, it tests your faith and it says, this came to you from God, yeah. not something of your own making. Yeah. Yeah. So now we can't fellowship because I expect to see you. Them stores is raging, waves crashing. And I just expect you to go, And instead you're like, oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah, every time I try to get two steps forward, one step back. I don't know why. Uh, so that's, that's what's going on. Something. I am a Christian. Mm. 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 So, something missing. You know. Stop saying that. You're giving us a bad rap. We all ain't. We all ain't doing that. Stop. <laughs> because there's a power that he gave on the day of Pentecost. He said, now when I know that you ate of my body, come on, y'all don't help me. And you partook of this life. Now I want to give you power. Y'all don't want to help me. Uh to Speak to mountains and power. You understand? Because shouldn't you be able to trust the people that feel what you feel with the power of the kingdom? People that feel what you feel. People that understand what God understands, has on their heart, what's on the heart of God. People say, Pastor, you're so anointed. I thank God because it's all his power. But I also know it's because his his Holy Spirit has been working in me to make sure that I want what he wants. That I want what he wants above what I want. That I want what he wants all the time. That I agree with him. Ain't no shot of turning in God. So in unity with his spirit, how are you so doubtful? It don't work that way. Ain't nothing God tell me to do, but like, you know what? I disagree. See, we are not the same. We not the same. Ain't nothing God say. You know what? I really think you should go left. I be like, well, technically, Father, if we look at, it, mm-hmm, that's how I know y'all wrong. Okay? Because at the head of the house, I just make simple requests. Turn the lights off. Well, technically, Pastor, we could have the lights on. What? What? Do you know how this operate? And then this should operate in similar fashion, and I'm not the kind of pastor that likes to have a heavy hand of authority. Hello, you gonna listen to me because you should listen to me, not because I'm making you listen to me. I give you time to learn—40 days—to <laughs> learn that you got to answer to me in the house of God, just in this, like I got to answer to Him, which means we'll have no difference God say left left somebody murmuring but pastor kind of mm, I don't know you mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> I believe you standing over there awkward I think we go right mm, shh, I don't I don't know you they, they talking to themselves Pastor, um, the great shepherd I don't oh, I'm not with them do you know that I mean I know them but not like right the idea of fellowship was that you would be a part of, you would see his plan the way he sees it. This was the purpose of eating the bread, eating his body, to share in that. But some Christians just about here just as lost as non-believers, being tossed by the same waves, drowning under the same pressure. I can attest anytime I thought I was gonna drown. I just looked up and there he was and I did not drown. Every time. The joy is that somebody like my dad or my aunt or one of you might give me something, say something, I'd be like, you know what, I do need to look up. Oh, thank God, you know, I I'm, I'm, I'm lost my mind on a minute. I'm looking down, like, oh, everything's so terrible, everything's so terrible. Pastor, look at this, hmm? That is nice, that is so nice. Would you like to keep your head low, your expectations low, your desires low, everything low? you don't get disappointed or hurt or afraid i wonder just i was thinking about this as you guys were coming into service today i wonder how much less of your everyday problems would you have if you decided to do one thing for god that was bigger than yourself just hypothetically because when I look at my life with God, currently, yes, I do a lot of things for God. Just like one, my whole life is just set up that way. But it initially started as me just doing one thing, campus ministry while getting an education, right? Go to school and do a, camp, a campus Bible study, right? That was an outreach, a lot of stuff. Okay, but, but for the most part, I started with one thing right? That I knew was going to need, was bigger than me. Something I couldn't handle. Something that if I didn't trust God to do, it wouldn't be done. Something that kept me on my knees. That was about the kingdom. That was not about my degree, not about my career choice, not about my job, not about who I'm going to marry. And that one thing made all my problems in regular life seem very, very low. To the point, my parents probably thought I was crazy. That girl ain't worried about nothing but Jesus. She gonna, she gonna, you gonna starve. You gonna starve. My granddad said, when you gonna get a real job quit doing this Christian stuff? You're too smart to be broke all the time. You're always broke. So y'all don't know that. Pastor got a band. She got a house. But you don't, you don't know the years of brokenness voluntarily. Not to beat myself up before the cause of God and his plan. Right? That's a real thing. Like, what if, this is just hypothetical, if you just found one thing that was bigger than you that you could do in the kingdom? Anybody else find that one thing? I know you can look and see how the same problems you got, but they seem so much smaller. And every time you look up, God just takes care of it because you focused on one thing. I know Sister Lakeisha this year has focused on one thing, and that has been this church office, and she has been doing a bang-up job bang up job she keep everybody remembering stuff people be hating on her but I'm like shut up she doing a bang up job ain't nobody worried about you you non-working flaky self <laughs> nobody care what you think <laughs> you haven't graduated for an opinion it's the truth you don't listen to people that don't pull in hundred percent they put in 50 percent you'm like let me oh let me hear what you have to say you stupid you put in, you listen to people that got hundred percent in Every time you look up Danielle at the church, volunteer for everything, all the time, all the time. What you think, Danny? You think we should, okay, okay. Well, she on, Pastor Adam asked me what I think. <laughs> you, you have not been pulling from your flesh enough. You ain't been sacrificing self enough. Do you know how much of self I have to sacrifice in in Jesus' name? And you sacrifice, what, a toenail? Don't anybody want that old crusty thing? And you think that we're going to be able to fellowship together? Uh-uh. 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 Not on that level. Uh-uh. we well, like, we can hang out. I can pray for you and minister to you, but, you know, a sharing in the direction and the plans of this church? <laughs> That's not going to happen. He says that you could, have the, you could know what it's like to have union with God in his feelings, to be unified in God with what he's affectionate towards, his desires and his plans. This is what was meant by fellowship. This is what he's trying to say, and a lot of us don't have it. We just do the works. In this fake, the religion of God has to be given to you. When you take communion, you're taking in him. You, you sit and you think. That's why I read a scripture about the betrayal and the crucifixion. And your heart turns, your stomach turns in itself, and you're partaking more of that feeling. Some days we, we celebrate the fourth momentum of the God and what it means to be a soldier in that body of Christ. And, and we take communion with very with a lot of celebration, right? Like, look at what God is doing. Each time we're taking it in, there's something that God is feeling at that moment that we get to unify with him on. Your life is no different. There's aspects of your life that you do not unify with Christ on. That you know emphatically you are going in a slightly different direction than the way he has for you. And you can say, I'm getting it together but you're going to have to just step on in. Because that slow getting it together don't give you nothing but time to wash them clothes, build up. Y'all don't want to help me. Yeah. That slow getting it together don't give you nothing but time. You're still close to the boat. You got one, button in the, I, I, I can make, make it back to the boat. No, you got to go way out there where you can't even get to the boat no more. Oh oh that's that's, that's where you're supposed to be them clothes gonna mount up, the frustrations, the pains, the problems, everything's gonna keep mounting up because you refuse to just jump on in there and do it. And my heart is pricked on somebody, if not all of y'all. What if you did one thing that was bigger than you for the kingdom? Now, you're gonna have to bring this thing to me. You can't just start doing it on your own, okay? That's that's not gonna happen. (laughs) No, 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 no. You have to bring it to me. We will discuss it. In some way, I'll, I'll pray with you send you out to do it possibly even help you to to get it done but what if you focused on one thing that was bigger than you rather than focusing on all the things that is that is bigger than you in your life this is just what i've noticed about my life i was so focused on something that was so big in god that i did not have time to focus on all my little issues and when i look back the stuff was done i bought a house i didn't i didn't didn't even want to buy a house i don't even know how that how that happened? I got a car, I, need, I didn't need, I, I just, I just. I. got I fur babies, you know, I, did, I don't even know. The one thing I couldn't focus on was the husband because you know, that's problematic. <laughs> you focus on husband, you focus on kids, and then all of a sudden you can't do this, apparently. Apparently that's what they say. Let's move on. What <laughs> it means that he partook of some respects, the feelings of God, the affections of God Let's keep reading. Go back to John, first John again, verse five, and we're almost done. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say, we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, I know what you want this verse to say. <laughs> is that it means like like we walk in darkness like not knowing who Jesus is. Not knowing that God is God. No, 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 no. In context, the author meant specifically sin. Specifically, if you practice sin, you cannot say you have fellowship with God. He says you lie. And the truth ain't in you. Like literally, if you practice sin, I don't need you to raise your hand, but if you know you practice sin, The altar will be open at the end of church today. If somebody has to tell you the truth, because you're missing out on life, on real life, you've got stressors that shouldn't be stressors, problems that shouldn't be problems, doubts that shouldn't be doubts. You got a whole bunch going on, and the joy of his life is that all that goes on, but you are so ecstatic because you have his heart and you can feel what he's feeling and what he's doing that even at your worst day, you'd be like, but still. The only thing that keeps me going with the passing of my mother, these last two going on three years is I just want to see all that God wanted me to do. I just want to see it. I know he's got a plan as much as I would want to go home to heaven. I want to see it. The only reason I don't stop pastoring and quit under the pressure is because if he would strengthen me, I, I kind of want to see what he going to do at Renew. I kind of want to see what he had in mind of this very unique church. Do you understand? It's so unique. I just want to see, like as a case study of all the churches, if you start a church not in a denomination, as a single female, never married with kids and black and you preach the truth focus on theology and the spirit leading and try to raise a family for people that don't have families and bring them into acceptance with emotional and traumatic healing what would that look like i just want to see if i don't get out this bed and put in this work i ain't gonna see it so i drag myself out i gotta see Cause when somebody has a plan and you looking at the plan. Some people some people can't do that. They be like, We're gonna put a paint in there? Well, I had to you have to wait for you to tell me to see it. When we did this wall, I'm like, this is what we gonna do. They was like, oh, what we gonna do? We're gonna paint the wall black, all black. We're gonna put up these little little slits on it, these little slats, and we're gonna paint them black. It's gonna be black on black. Then in the middle we're gonna have like a space, we're gonna put some green up around it, and it's gonna put some lights. they be like, mm. Pastor, I'm just gonna have to wait till. I mean, I agree. It sounds good. I just can't really see. You can't partake. right? And those that could, Brother Stefan, I started hooking up with people that I knew had some design eye, could kind of see it, and we could problem solve. Stefan was great at it because when I told him the to design, he ran into a problem, we were talking the same language. Versus, well, I decided, Pastor, since we are going to do slits, that we would just put them, like, diagonal. What? Because some of them were short, so we decided to put them diagonal. He didn't come up with a new plan. He went back and said, Let's talk to the person that made the plan and see how we need to adjust given this new factor. Right? Uh, yeah, right. It's because you got the plan. When I see God's plan, it's exciting. Yeah. On a personal note, when I see his plan for your lives, it's exciting. He come to me all bright eyed or, or dim eyed. I don't know which one. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably bright, probably. Yay! Mm. Don't look too closely. <laughs> right? And I can see the plan of how God wants to use you. And this takes a long time, years in the making. I was talking to my cousin the other day. She said, cuz, sometimes you don't even recognize that you say to me stuff like, well, that person don't deal with that. She don't know your names, but in the story. I said, well, they used to, but they don't do that no more. She said, Pastor, you don't, cuz, you don't even recognize how often you say it. I do. got my babies, they, they, they. My babies, they leveling up. I mean, they, okay, 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 they doing the thing. They doing the thing. But it took years. But because I saw the plan, I get so excited. Almost too excited. Well, I push you too. Just do it, just do it. Okay, never mind, all right, slow down. Just lay the foundation already. Okay, now put the pillars on. Okay, now let's do it. Nope, nope, all right, it crumbled. Okay, 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 let's just stop. Let's just breathe. (laughs) Let's throw away the plan. No, 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 plan's good. The plan is good. I get a glimpse of it from the Holy Spirit about you. Just a, just a tiny flash. And I'm like, I'm telling you, it's good. It's a good plan. None of us can see it in fruition. Not you and not me. But if you're good at reading blueprints, if you're good at understanding God and his heart, you look at that plan and you go, this person is about to be amazing they're gonna do amazing things in God and some along the way a couple years later you just you bottom out I mean this you turned everything into trash <laughs> just garbage something happened in life something happened to you and this thing is somebody has to remember how good the plan was and now because we're in fellowship not just us and God but me and you i can say you better resurrect that plan you if you got to start over so what don't, we, don't think about it i know it's hard let's just start on over let's fold them clothes let's just keep on folding until they all done we ain't gonna think about how we got how so far behind we are how we started late how we ain't never had how it's so different we're gonna just start folding clothes. put your head down put your hat on and just start folding these clothes don't even look up to us folding because i know what it's like to build i know what it's like to fall into sin as a Christian, to practice sin, and to come to the realization that I had not received the full religion of God. And when I partook, all that stopped. You think the Bible's a lie? That he'd tell you to live without sin, and that, you know, <laughs> I'm not talking about making mistakes, the practice of sin perpetually in your life it's not amongst believers I don't care what the mass preachers and the people is telling you it's not and it's it's degrading your walk with God and it's not supposed to be. You're supposed to have more joy than this. You're supposed to have more peace than this. Cece, can I use your example? When I first met Cece, she was a fired-up Christian. Oh, but she, the insides, oh, my God. I said, you're supposed to have more joy than this. You're supposed to have more. Where's your peace? She was just being tossed to and fro. I said, my baby need peace in Jesus' name. This is just not. Pastor, this is how it is. Mm-mm, that ain't how it is. And it took a little bit for her to recognize people really ain't living like this in their mind. No, they really not living like that. In their mind and as a believer God doesn't want you to he doesn't want that he don't want bipolarism he don't want schizophrenia he doesn't want depression maybe a little bit of oppression but not chronic depression I'm speaking from experience that's not him amen Amen. all right let's he says if I if we say that we have fellowship this verse 6 while we walk in darkness If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. John keeps pointing to the idea that you, were so, you and I were supposed to partake of the word of life, and here are indicators where you have not partook. Right? He said, Don't, you got to say you had sinned. I have sinned. Right? And then you have to repent. And then the blood of Jesus washes you. When you are a Christian that has partook and you sin and then you repent, you get so excited at the idea that God just washed that. Like, thank you, Lord. I'm so glad you gave us this thing that you can do where you can wash us. I'm so grateful you gave us that and I'm so grateful that I can ask you for forgiveness and you could wash me because I really needed that I don't know what that was I did but that is not right that is not who you are that is not how I'm supposed to be living I I just thank you just cleanse me cleanse me they're so excited about that it's a blessing to them like that's a blessing and somehow they end up stop doing it they get so excited they just be like uh-uh no 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 you understand what a blessing he gave me by forgiving me yes. like he didn't have to do that right yeah, but, he, but every, when i mess up he, he forgives me and the shame and guilt washes away yeah. now this is different than a believer who has not really partook but doesn't know it i'm sure who lives in sin when they repent their joy is not joyful it is sorrow it is grief it is uncertainty maybe i might do it again how do i know what if i disappoint him again and the real joy that should come with the washing you have no joy you have anxiety you have more shame more guilt more sadness more oppression come on, come on, come on. you haven't partook a person that partook oh shucks i slipped lord jesus i'm so glad i ain't fall good god <laughs> Let me move on. Let me get on over here. <laughs> that's what they do. You know, like, oh, Lord. Like, oh, Lord. did you, y'all see that spot? Oh, you don't, don't you slip in that spot right there. That's, you tell me that's slippery right there. That, 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 that right there. You need to clean that phone number out of your phone. That's slippery. Let me get on out of here and just keep. <laughs> that's believers that sin and confess their sin, right? Now, people that, are, that have not partook. They're just going through a religious act that they created for themselves, but it did not come from the Father. When they repent, it's filled with sorrow, grief, anxiety that they might do it again. How do I know I'm delivered? How do you know you how do you know you do? Is you saved? Yes. Then you is delivered. There's no chains holding you. But you feel that you might not be. Did you partake? Did you partake? Because it, it, you looking like you got signs of not partaking. You can come to me and say, Pastor, I, this is where I messed up at. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Oh, man, I've been there. Breaks your heart, don't you? I know. We cry about it. You cry about it. <laughs> <and> you know, <laughs> we all distraught. I can't believe I did this. I know. Now, once you get it all out, I'll let you just feel bad for a couple of minutes. I say all right now let's pray what let's pray let's pray Lord you start off forgive me forgive me all right I think you, thank you for forgiving me thank you for watching me and I say in Jesus name we pray amen now I expect for you to open your eyes and be like whoa I feel so much better thank you thank you that is not what y'all do those have not partook y'all do this in Jesus name we pray amen Thank you, Pastor. You you feel better? Oh yeah, I, I feel better. I feel better. And I'd be like, well, all right, amen, let's go. And he'd be like, well, you know, what should I come back to your office? Should I have another meeting? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you should have another meeting. <laughs> yeah, this did not take, because you did not partake. I love this scripture because as we're closing, that he's trying to give us an understanding of fellowship with God and fellowshipping with others. The amount of unity that we walk in with God and the amount of unity that we walk in with one another. The plan, the feelings, the heart. I tell people, you know, it is my goal in this church, within our leadership, that they have the same heart and focus as me, and it's no longer authority. We just agree. Authority is needed in places where there's no unity. Right. Right. But when there's unity, there's no need for authority. That I could say something and they respect me in my position. Then they could say something and I respect them in their position. And now we're just walking in unity. If anybody had to ask who's the head, clearly it would be me, but there's no need of me pulling the omnipass the or this my church Trump called because there's unity of spirit, heart, and mind. The plan is clear. The direction of the church is clear. Where we're going is clear. And when I know that that person knows that, they get far more respect in their position from me. I so say, Lakeisha, well, what do you think? Well, Pastor, I think you should go ahead and take your vitamin, and I'm gonna go ahead and set this appointment up. Thank you. Okay, I think you're ready. Right. Well, when I tell Pastor, she don't ever listen. I, I, don't, I don't think we fellowship like that. <laughs> I don't think you have the same heart for this church yet. I think you have a heart for you. Concerned about how people view you. Whether they really think you're a good leader or not? Strong enough? Were you still dealing in sin or not? You're really concerned about your survival. And I get that. That's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what we're talking about. When you become in leadership, you're concerned with the survival of others and the survival of God's church as an entity, how it moves and grows throughout the kingdom. That's our focus in leadership. I cannot have you in my leadership where you are somewhat focused on yourself and then part-time focused on the church. No. If I say, I really need you here on this day to Minister Hudson or Minister Monifa, and they have to work, they'll say, this is not a problem, Pastor, I'll be there. Not a problem, I'll be there. Not you, because we don't have the same unity. What if I lose my job? See, I lost many a jobs. I'll get another one. Now, ain't it a blip if you tried to preserve that job against being ready for whatever God might need, and then they fire you, (gasps) and you were so loyal to them. I try to tell people, you better be loyal to God. I'm loaded this church because I'm loaded God. Y'all get 100% of me at work. Then when I leave, I've got real kingdom work to do. <laughs>